Welcome to the Queer Arabs Podcast. This is Alia, and then I'm here with Nadia, and I'm here with Adam, who you all should know by now if you've ever listened to any other episode. Thanks for being here. Hi. Hey, what's up? I don't think the three of us have ever done an episode with just us, and I think this will be a lot of fun. We're going to check in on how the start of 2020 is going for all of us and various topics that we have been talking about among the three of us already and we thought we would broadcast it for the world <laughs> so <laughs> because everything we say is relevant and nuanced to all humans yes it's very yes. nuanced <laughs> to all homo sapiens so that's okay <laughs> that homo is... homo sapiens <laughs> i always feel very gay saying homo sapiens i know isn't it, isn't it so nice that that's the one place we get inclusion in science like you're just like <laughs> yeah. you will never be a heterosapien everybody <laughs> has to be a homo sapien exactly i don't know what the fuck is going on with me no i mean that's true like i feel represented when people talk about humans lol <laughs> i'm mood. <laughs> In case anyone is just tuning into the podcast for the first time, can you two introduce yourselves? Um, sure. Yeah. Oh, you go first, because you said sure. Oh my god, you go first. No, you go first. I'm Adam. I'm gay and Egyptian. <laughs> currently, I don't know. That's how you do it. You do the like, wait, how do you do it? No, it's perfect. <laughs> Keep going. No, you say like, what do you, what do you say? You say like, I'm Alia. I'm no, I do the same thing. I'm like, Saudi. I'm queer. That's hey, what... everyone. So, no, it's not. That's how you do it. I was just like, I'm going to follow the podcast format. And now I'm being vilified for it. <laughs> You're not being vilified. You're being celebrated. I'm so done. This is oppression. Okay, fine. I'm Adam. I'm gay. I'm Egyptian. Uh, I live in New York now. I've lived in New York for like two years. I love it here. I don't know. What else do people say? Uh, hey, what's up? I'm Nadia, Nadia, Nado, Nods, or Bitch. <laughs> I'm Lebanese American. I'm queer. Um, I'm a dancer, choreographer, sometimes a writer, and I'm also here in New York. Welcome oh, I forgot to say what I do back. for my life. Yeah, that's what I was going to suggest. But then I was like, if you don't want to be defined by your profession, that's also okay. Oh my God. I'm actually like, you know what? Let's start the existential crisis right here. So I always like identified as a playwright slash dramaturg, like situating myself within the world of like theater. Yeah. But now I'm like, I don't know. I've just been like dabbling into like other art forms a lot and like actually really enjoying engaging with them. And so I feel like I'm just going to like start identifying as more of a writer, period. Like cool. whether that's going to mean like writing film or TV or like plays or whatever. Yeah, I, f I feel that. I like, so it's interesting. I also do other stuff outside of what I consider like my dominant art form. But then I have like really big hangups about like actually identifying with it. Like I was writing things and publishing them for a while, but like being like, I'm not really a writer. Mm -hmm. And oh, that makes sense. yeah, I, I don't know. There's just like, yeah. It's like, uh, what's the threshold? What, like, what do we have to, like, what's the line where we can start labeling ourselves something? It's always right. a... I think for me, it's like, if I was really a writer, I would be, like, more aggressively pursuing that industry, mm -hmm. is what I thought to myself. It's like, oh, you call yourself a writer? Why aren't you, like, doing all these media internships and aggressively trying to publish and... Yeah. I guess what I also struggle with that because I'm just like, like, I don't know. I 
I'm like, as you both know, I'm currently like in the middle of like, I've intensely worked this week for like over 30 hours on like a screenplay, right? Yeah. I don't want to fucking move to LA. I don't want to take a shitty producing internship. Like mm-hmm. I'm writing the screenplay. Eventually I'm hoping like I'll find a home for it or like do something with it. Cause I, it's a story that I like want to share. But like the notion that like you are only a thing by like following a very specific path that has been laid out by a very specific industry is just not something that I'm excited about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think for me that was also a big part of doing things outside of. I think there were some things I needed to express in a format that I wasn't expecting myself to be good at or trained in or professional in. You know, right. yeah, like, right. That makes sense. Like I, I think I explored a lot of personal topics, like first in like poetry and creative writing, right. While also like not identifying as that thing, because I'm like I'm just doing this as a person. I'm not doing it as like an artist who is trying to be good and the best at this thing and make the best thing. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I feel that, that way about sense. I feel that way about music too. Like, um, I used to really be focused on my uh, music. Um, and the past several years i let it slide and i just like i don't make any money doing it so it's also i feel like it's also like this expectation in society of like okay in order to call yourself something you have to do it as a monetary okay if i do this on my own and for myself and without monetary compensation or very little like is that valid like does that mean i'm a musician still or does it just mean like i am xyz with a music ho- like the hobby of doing music on the side i i really but also like yeah. what's wrong with hobbies i agree. like i, I would consider like i would personally consider you more than a hobbyist given like your music background but also like what the fuck is wrong with having hobbies totally and doing things that we're right. not even especially good at yeah right and and the other thing i, I also say is that as a playwright i feel like you would receive a certain level of recognition by the field and the industry and you will still not be making your primary income or like any significant amount of money from playwriting. Yeah. Because that's just the nature of the industry. And then on the other hand, the other thing I will say is that like, there are a lot, lucky, this is going to sound so terrible. Please feel free to cut this if it's like negative and shitty. Hmm. But like, there are so many fucking shitty people who, whose parents spent like $200,000 on a BA or a BFA in like acting or singing or yep. whatever. And who like never took it seriously and never actively pursued it as a part of their career for a day of their lives. Mm-hmm. And like, I find it really frustrating that like, then you have somebody whose parents like couldn't afford to send them to like undergrad or like to do grad school, but they are like really dedicated to their craft and they're really talented. And if like, if the entryway to being labeled a thing is that you went to school for it, then we're all fucked. Yeah. Yep. I am with you yeah. and I'm not cutting any of that. <laughs> Also, uh, here's here's my little piece of shit to throw in there. Along with there being um, a lot of really great artwork that's not making people a living, Mm -hmm. there's also there's also a lot of crap that is. Oh my god! (laughs) Right? Yeah. I mean, we were talking about a specific book. I I don't know if I'll name it. Well, fuck it. American Dirt. We were talking about that earlier today. Where oh I my think, God, Mary. yeah, I think the author has made quite a bit of money on it, but it's like it's not that author's story to tell, and people have given criticism, and for good reason, 
And uh, but can we give a basic summary of the plot just so people know like who the author is and why they shouldn't be telling that story? Yeah. So American Dirt for anyone who has not heard about it. So you all can hear about it on NPR. There was something published um, today, and American Dirt follows a Mexican mother and son fleeing a drug cartel. Um, Oprah uh, picked it for her book club, and so that got it a lot of attention. But then critics have called it out and said that the book is inaccurate. It's full of a lot of harmful stereotypes. It questions whether um, the author, uh, Cummings, has the right to tell that story. Like, is this person someone who should be telling a story of an experience that she's never had um she has no overlap with and you know specifically a lot of latinx critics have talked about that and um you know the author has been pretty defensive and said like oh so i just like can't tell any story that i haven't experienced myself and it's like yeah that is that's exactly what people are saying or i don't know here's my thing it's like the the people who the people who are always like arguing that they should be able to tell any story that's so far removed from their experience based on like artistic merit or like I'm personally good at it. I've never seen someone who was actually doing a good job at it. Yeah. Like it's, it's not really just identity policing. It's like, actually you seem to lack. I mean, I, yeah, I wonder cause then like that, as a theoretical framework, I think that's really complicated because then like, for example, how are we able to tell stories from history, which like, and nobody has lived. I feel like there are specific, or like, how do we tell stories that are like multicultural or that represents like certain interactions between different kinds of communities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so no, I here's think- the thing. Like, I, I'm not saying that that's like true on like an absolute level of like, no one should be able to tell things slightly outside of their experience. It's just like, yeah, there, there, there are like, case, there are cases where it makes sense, but the people usually arguing it are like, doing a bad job of telling a story, right? you know? No, I see, I see. And I totally think that like quite a few people who use that argument are absolutely shitty. I would agree with that. Uh, but I also would argue that like theoretically one could do a story, like tell a story that is not from their experience and mm-hmm. do it justice. And I think a big part of it is like also collaborating and engaging with people who do have that experience. Or yeah. like have a deeper understanding of like whatever issue you're trying to explore. So, yeah. I don't know if you want to talk about your play, but I think like that would be an like example of like. Well, actually, I was thinking that, but I didn't want to make it about myself, so I didn't say it. Yeah, so, like let's for talk example, about like you. yeah, let's talk about you. I was yeah. currently, I'm, I'm currently like in the middle of writing a play where one of the like, one of the two protagonists is Native American, and obviously I'm not Native American. I like, like in my social life as it exists right now. Or like the my knowledge of the world, like I'm I'm not very informed at all about like Native American politics or Native American history. Mm-hmm. And like this play has been like years in the making. There's been like several like dozen of books that I've read to understand this, but also like now that I've written a draft or two of it, like a huge part of my process has been like trying to engage with indigenous or native artists to learn like how like what are examples of like representation that has been toxic in the past and how i could like be falling into these tropes or not falling into these tropes and how i can like subvert things that are toxic and so on and so for me it's like not that i like i don't think i'm actually doing a good job yet like i'm still actively working on being better at this 
No, but I, I mean, I think it's like the self-awareness and actually right. knowing that you need dramaturgy is important. Right. And I'm saying this as someone who like, honestly, like I, I, I know it's in draft form. I read the play um, and right. like, this is like, I think your work is great. And also like, it was obvious that like, the way the Arab characters were written versus the way the indigenous character was written, one of them was coming from like a more knowledgeable perspective than the other. It was just, right. totally. it, it came through. Yeah. Like that's just, right. that's just how life is. And yeah, no, and I agree with that, which is why yeah. I'm like actively totally. trying to develop yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, and you're you're being very thorough in, you know, looking for that feedback and figuring out a way to make the character more accurate, etc. And the reason I brought up like American Dirt is that's an example of someone who has made a ton of money, gotten this fame as far as like Oprah talking about the book, etc. Um, and therefore, is that person, is that what it takes to be labeled a writer? Like versus, I, I don't know. I, I think that's the issue um, where there's this expectation of like, you have to have a certain level of notoriety and maybe like mo even like a monetary element there right? in order to call yourself something and to say, oh, this is my career or profession. Thus I can identify or I can bring it in as part of my identity. Um, right. right. Yeah. So maybe this is a good transition point. We we're also interested in talking today about like whether or not we identify as activists mm -hmm. in our art or podcasting or other aspects of life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, oh my God. That's, Nadia, that's such an intense question. I know. Yeah. Nadia, you've brought this up before um, about yourself. So do you want to give your yeah. thoughts on yourself? So, okay, here's the thing. I It came up for me when others described me as an activist yeah. just like in writing like program info or like just descriptions of who's involved in this project um and it's mostly coming from dance spaces okay i think it's also important to contextualize like it depends who you're comparing me to maybe i am like appear to be above the average level of political engagement for young female dance artists because mm -hmm. I think there is still like this um, like industry expectation of like shut up and do your job. Maybe when people see me like participating in podcasts to be about being a queer Arab or like voicing political opinions or like holding sessions on race or compensation issues, they think I'm like the social justice warrior. But also like in comparison to a lot of people I hang out with in like like queer swana organizing spaces or like any kind of leftist political movement. I am not doing the shit that other people are doing. Like other people like that that is their that is their primary occupation of like community organizing and um, yeah. political organizing. I feel like to label me as an activist in comparison to what a lot of other people are doing, that's just like a slap in the face, like who's this bitch? But I also feel um, that what if we like stop thinking of activists as this title? Like that, that's that's why I feel weird having activists attached to me in like a professional description or a title or something like that. Um, but then 
it's like, what if we just thought about activism as an activity? Mm-hmm. And like my friend compared it to like the way we can say like everyone is a dancer. No, like not everyone has the same, like dances the same amount or the same level of ability or in the same techniques, but like everyone can dance and it's something we should encourage all people to participate in it. Mm-hmm. Like we could think about activism that way, like speaking out about things that matter is a way that different people can do to um, various capacities, to various degrees, um, to whatever they have the energy for in whatever format, you know? Like it's it's more, it's less like, this is the activist and more like right. activism is just like a healthy level of, it's just a healthy activity for humans who are part of a society. And yeah. in, in that sense, like I feel totally comfortable with that. If it's just, Absolutely. I think it's also like, there's an unhealthy culture of like putting activists on a pedestal and thinking everything comes from one person as opposed to like recognizing that they have communities of support and they have, um, you know, like lineages of influence and all that. So right. I-, I feel uncomfortable with the title of activists, given that there are other more deserving humans of it, but also like, I think it could be less of a title is my short answer. Right. Yeah, I feel that. I think there's kind of a rigid definition of activist. It's to, it, it's good to reevaluate what constitutes activism and that it's not just, there's not one format. But I also feel the same. I feel like, okay, what am I doing um, compared to people who put their heart and soul into being louder than I am and being more, um, like, giving more of their time to political and social organizing, community organizing, etc. So it is a def- it's definitely a complicated feeling. This should be a broader definition or should have a broader definition, but also leads me t- down the same path. Something that I've been very aware of is like, well, the one thing that you said, Nadia, which is this idea that like we put uh, activists on a pedestal and the label like has very specific connotations. And for me, it's like, it's almost become a question of like, what is the right type of activism? Or like, is somebody doing better activist work? And I, I wouldn't say that I don't identify as an activist. I think like some components of my work are like by virtue of the kind of work I do, whether it's writing, whether it's like the kind of community outreach I engage with like my producing work or so, like can be construed as such, but I never, like in, in my, in my approach to it, that is never my primary intention necessarily. Mm-hmm. And that said, like, I've become very cognizant of how different kind, type, different elements of my work can be construed by certain people as activism, whether it's like talking against a specific government that I have like very like explicit issues with and that I like put into spaces where a lot of people read it or um, having to navigate, supporting people who are in different kinds of circumstances and being very vocal about that. And that's something that I've become aware that I have issues with in my own head, like hierarchizing different types of things. And so, for example, like something, a conversation that I had with a friend recently who does like activism in like the most quote unquote conventional type of like community organizing going to protests and so on mm-hmm. is that i was telling him that i want to do more of that type of work and he said um actually like i feel like in this period and for this specific community doing things within the arts might be what is needed versus like mm-hmm. what it what is like missing what people are craving more of and so it's funny because in my head like 
the kind of the kind of work I was doing, like I did not construe as activism because yeah. I felt like I could be doing so much more. I could be going to this protest. I could be like, I don't What's know, like this fridge. Uh, but then somebody was actually like, no, but like what you're doing is actually different. And like in some contexts is more fundamentally, um, in some contexts might be more meaningful to certain people than like what we're doing. And that's, that's such a weird idea to me. Uh, yeah, I've had such interesting, ex like validating, but interesting experiences when like people I consider like quote unquote legitimate activists tell me that like your art right. stuff matters. And I'm like, really? Because I feel like I'm not doing shit and you're getting right. people out of jail. Um, right. But yeah. yeah. I, I don't it's it's weird it's I, I I want to believe that art matters and all that stuff but sometimes I wonder if we're just if we're just trying to if we're just bullshitting reasons that art is supposed to matter to get ourselves funding and to um, make ourselves right. feel good so I've had a couple of things we want I don't know <laughs> but, but like I'm, 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 uh, but but then again like I, I can believe that other people's work matters I don't know it's weird I was just saying that like I feel like a lot of like it's important also in having this conversation to like separate like our our own individual respective like imposter syndrome to like the value of art because I feel like I I also have that thought often of like oh my art doesn't matter but like this playwright is amazing. For me I've had a couple of encounters recently that have made me aware of like the value of like like not only like not specifically my writing but different people's kinds of writing specifically in things that like pertain to LGBT communities or like Middle Eastern communities. And also like, not just the artwork, but our existence in public space and within like art admin spaces and within like the awareness, like like I feel like in different theaters that I, where I speak with different people of admin, like they now know specific like queer Arab artists. And I feel like it's not only the work that matters, but our existence and like standing in our identities and being very um and being very like proud of that in our day-to-day -day practices itself is also kind of a function of activism and that's why i'm like really excited by nadia's idea of activism not necessarily being a label or like a specific kind of practices but like activism being a component of like what everybody's work is yeah I, sometimes i think about it as like what is my scope of influence and what what can I do to make my scope of influence better, you know? Like, I don't have control over the whole world, but, like, I might have control over the operations of this um, dance blog and some this educational program, and how can I make that my little part of the universe as um, inclusive and progressive and radical as I can, you know? Right. Like, I, I, yeah. I don't have to... I mean, you can try to control the world, but on... Like the first step is like, what do I already have control over? Previous generations, our current generation, art has been something that has changed minds and that's opened minds. Um, and I think it's important to remember the power that art can have, even if it's not like as aggressive as other forms of activism, for example, like as direct as other forms of activism, such as protesting, which is also extremely important, but uh, there are other ways of opening people's minds and helping right yeah. and i think sometimes like the the subtlety of it can can be like a cool loophole um i've been talking yeah so okay for a bit of um background i've been doing uh research for a project about um just contemporary dance work in the mina region right now and creating mm -hmm. a syllabus based on 
what's going on. Right. And something that's been coming up a lot and was specifically said really explicitly in an APAP conference on presenting Arab artists by Reem. I don't remember her last name, but she works mm -hmm. with Arab Arts Focus in Cairo. And she was talking about how um, contemporary dance has been a way to get political themes like through censorship bureaus. Because like, oh, cool. you know, if you write a very explicit play about bad things the government does, that, that won't fly, but you can put those themes in a dance work that they're like censorship bureaus aren't going to be perceptive and subtle enough to pick up on. And yeah. that's um, ways in which we can like continue conversations about like body and power struggles and gender um, in a political environment that's kind of like putting the dampers on uh, more outright yeah. conversations. I love that. It's right. like different forms of communication aside from words. Right. That's important to have um, for those reasons, like you just said. How are you? Want you want to talk about whether or not you consider your podcast activism? I still feel the same way as I felt when this podcast started. Like I had a lot of doubts that this could equal activism or could even touch that word because I've I've had people say that it is a form of activism and like I just I hesitate to call it that, but I also respect if people feel that this is a format that is activism to them i don't really have a good answer still um i like that answer like other people like you're not going to tell people if it's if it's doing something for them you, yeah exactly that. that's how i'm seeing it i'm seeing it as like okay if this is important to someone and if they view it as an activism related project that's i i feel like okay that's their right to see it that way and if that's important to them to phrase it that way i respect that and i appreciate that you know i appreciate when they give me that feedback on my end i haven't been comfortable labeling what this is as activism it's mostly like you said nadia earlier it's mostly like due to the comparison that i do between this which you know it takes like a few hours a week at most and it involves talking to people i would probably want to talk to anyway and you know sitting in a chair Wait, like side note it takes more than a few hours. like I, I just want to let everyone know that editing takes a long time like for That's everyone true. listening she spent a lot true. of time on um editing this so just let's it's it's know, true no that. thank you i no you're right you're right that I, when i say like several hours i mean i'm talking about like the recording and then the editing and then whatever else goes into it but it, it does, I mean, it definitely does take a lot of dedication because there, you know, there's, there are so many elements I never even expected would go into creating a project like this. And so that's true. On the other hand, I'm like, okay, I'm sitting in my apartment. Like, what, what can I do from here, really? I mean, you can reach people in a lot of different countries, apparently. Yeah. And that's true. From your apartment, you can do that. And, and it is cool. You have stats to show that. It is cool. Yeah, and you do uh, like, do that. And it's yeah. like, like just looking at the reviews of like your, the podcast and like how many people have like talked about the impact it's had on their lives. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think you, like, if you're not comfortable calling yourself an activist, like you should, I'm not saying you should, but like it definitely has 
a, a significant impact on the community that you're working with and so that's right. something to celebrate and i yeah I and hope. i i agree like it definitely seems to have made a difference for some people and i really that's i mean that's what that's all i can ask for and that's all i can hope for for you know with this project but yeah and then i still at the same time have these hang-ups of like claiming that term for myself i just want to add in like i think we've all talked about criticisms of like activism or performative activism and i think that's probably getting in a way of all of us identifying as activists like yeah Right. Personally, as someone who is literally a performer, I'm often concerned that if if something I did were to be construed as activism, then it's also going to be seen as like self-involved and performative and all about getting attention. Um, oh, okay. Maybe as someone who does your work in your bedroom, you feel like that's activism. Yeah, um, exactly. Right. Yeah. But also, like, I I, th I kind of. I think we should all kind of soften. Like, I, I think those critiques come from something valid, but I think we need to like let go of that to get into the idea that activism is for everyone. Because first of all, it's like pretty ableist to be like, That's so your true. activism is only real if you're doing it outside and, and you're moving it's a and number like, of hours. And it's like also like people yeah. have jobs, people have lives. Like, if the only real activists are the ones who like invest a huge amount of time in it, like that. That's like. That's true. That's such a small group of people it's also participating not in any movement. But it's also not just being outside. Like you're supporting a community by like providing consulting services or not even like official services as a professional, but yeah. even like talking to people who you know are struggling in a specific way, supporting people by speaking with them or helping them with drafting something or so on. Mm -hmm. These are all forms of activism if you're helping support a specific kind of community. And the notion that like, you can't be sitting at your computer all day and still doing very meaningful work is ridiculous. I feel like a lot of my time I spend talking with people who are like peers or younger people from back home who are struggling like mental health wise or who have issues at home or are trying to navigate like a very specific kind of conversation that they're trying to have with a family member or a peer. I don't think one should be walking around like in their head constantly being like, oh my God, I'm such a good person. I'm doing activism. Because um, <laughs> that's, that's never how I go about it. Like how I go about <laughs> you it. Like, you sometimes say that no, to yourself though. No, I definitely don't. Like how I go about I mean, it. Like, I'm like, sometimes you're probably like, wow, I'm such a good person. I'm I mean, yes, I can be like self-aggrandizing in a little bitch, but not specifically about this. Like what I'm talking about is that like, I mean, why do we do like these different things that we're doing, whatever they are, whether it's like, like critiquing things that happen in your, like, your industry and dance, or whether it's like, I don't know, having got the letter for your friends or any of these things. It's like, we do these things because we actually give a fuck. I want to keep doing these things and I like, have these conversations with certain people or will help like navigate the situation or will help somebody like figure something out because I really care about them because they're a part of my community. And like, if I'm not doing that because that's my purpose versus like, oh my God, I want to do that because I want to be a good person. I want to be an activist, at least in my own head. I really, really doubt that anybody who's truly having a meaningful impact on their communities or on people they care about is actively walking around like <laughs> celebrating in their own head the fact that they're an activist. <laughs>
yeah. I think there's also something of like community, just being a community participant is also a good thing. Like not everyone has to be the leader or the activist or the community organizer. Like sometimes I'm often the person who's being organized and that's a thing that's really important to my life and really meaningful. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's, that's sometimes what makes me feel weird when it's like taken outside of that context, people mostly from like the dance world notice that I participate in something and they're like, wow, you're like a leader and an outspoken blah, blah, blah. And it's like, nope, not all these things are mine to lead. And Mm -hmm. they're actually run by other people. And I like to show up and participate and be a member of the community. But like, it's, yeah, yeah, like not, not everything is the biggest, flashiest role. Like there's a certain kind of exceptionalism about, I think. Right. Especially with identities that don't have a lot of visibility in the field I work in, people see that I'm doing something and they think I'm like the person. And I'm like, no, I'm just a person. I'm just, I'm really just the person in this room, and that's that's good. Exactly. I'm not trying to like a leader, I, a leader can only do so much without the support, and being part of that support is extremely valuable. That should be talked about more than just like yep. the leader or the person like with the loudest voice or whatever. Right. On the note of like doing things related to art, how are your personal art projects going? We before we start recording, we talked about like creative blocks that everyone experiences, and um, I'm wondering what you two have to say, like to speak on that. Yeah, I mean, there's the play that I like talked about earlier, which is. Uh which has been giving me a really hard time. Like, I guess going back to the example of American Dirt, I feel like this is the play, is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah, it's like truly the first play where I'm like writing so intensely out of my experience. And it's been a hard, it's really been a hard time to write it. And I've been working on this play for over a year now. And I'm very aware while writing certain moments that like, I'm not doing this justice or like I, this is not, this would go or I just like lose creative flow and vision over what I'm trying to tell so quickly and so but because I'm aware of it like this will probably be a multi-year project because I think there is something exciting and fundamental to who I am that to who I am that is at the core of it but I think like that will literally take years to get there and so just like I've spent so much fucking time with this play over the last like specifically two weeks being like how to fix this how to fix this how to fix this and now I'm just like, you know what, I'm done with this play. Instead of like navigating the block, I'm just like, not fully done with it, but I'm just like gonna go look at it again in three months. And mm-hmm. hopefully like lightning will strike me before that. Wait, can, uh, I just, can I also like side note, like I have read drafts of the play and it like, I, I really think it's gonna be really good. There's a lot of like really amazing stuff in there and like everything you're saying is true about um, writing from different experiences and yeah. Stuff, but like yeah, also like you. I'm really excited to see this play when Me I see too. it. You're amazing. You're, you're you are extremely like you're you're extremely aware of what needs to be explored further, I think, and that's that's huge. You yeah. Know, that's, that's more than a lot of yeah. people can say. <laughs> I I I hope I hope so. I mean like for me, it's like I don't even. I mean, I think like thinking about things from an equity and representation lens is important, but like. I usually struggle with thinking purely from that lens because I feel like beyond just being like somebody else should tell the story or like that is how that story should be represented. For me, it's like I'm truly not giving the story justice in terms of like 
telling the meaning that I'm trying to tell and my belief about it through that narrative. And so um, that's really where I'm at with this piece where I'm just like, it's going to take a while to like figure out what this piece wants to be. Mm -hmm. But in the meantime, surprisingly, I've just had like, because, oh, well, let's talk about my life now. Because I have like been undergoing like surgery because of like a really bad knee injury. So I haven't, I haven't been like going to the gym at all, which has meant that like I've had so much more time for like my creative practice. And so I've been working on like another project that is like a film adaptation of this short story that I'm obsessed with, uh, that is very much speaks more to my own experience. Like that, that story is actually written by um, somebody who's like, does not share any of my demographics, but that like really captures like so much of like the things I've been able to see about like the place I come from and my identities now that I don't live in Egypt anymore. And so it's really, it's, it's really like, it's a story that really navigates like what it means to be looking at things from the outside and all of that. And so I've been toying with the idea of a screenplay and like working on that extensively over the month of January, which is exciting, but also fucking scary. Cause like, I don't know shit about the film industry. And I keep thinking like, what if I actually like write a screenplay that's decent? Like, what do I actually do from there? <laughs> I think that's someone else's job from there. Not really. I, I'm, not even, I'm not even talking about like once you have a director or like once you get a producer. I'm talking about like literally once oh, like I, who, who do you like how to even get yeah. there. Like yeah. I could I have like, let's say okay. that like, I, I think like between now and like actually having a good screenplay is probably like a lot of learning for me to do, which is really exciting. But then even like when that happens, if that happens, then like where, how do I even go? Like if I write a play, like I have, I have connect not connections, but I like know people in like a bunch of like off Broadway theaters or off of Broadway theaters, and I have communities that like will support me and like workshop things and put things up. But like I literally don't know shit about how screenwriters do it. Fair. I feel like you know you know some people in that industry though. So yeah. yeah, I mean I've been I've been brainstorming that, but that is like way ahead of the game. Like I still have I still have a while to work. I also like actually have to talk to this writer and be like, hey, will you allow me to make a film version of it? <laughs> yeah. Because I've been like one step at full a time. on investing a third amount of effort without into this story that I love without speaking to the writer at all. But I think also like it's just it's cool that you just felt that intrinsically motivated to just put out a bunch of effort into this yeah and I, that I get like that you just, about right yeah. now and i get that and you like just wanted to do it while you were feeling it. <sighs> thank you guys you're so amazing i know we try no but like we're tra- talking a bit about creative blocks and like sometimes you're trying so hard to push through one thing and then there's this other thing that is actually yeah. just calling your name and sometimes you need to give into it and like take mm-hmm. that as its own opportunity and be like mm-hmm. okay yeah. I will set this other thing aside, go back to it when I feel it, but for now, I can do something else cool. Yeah, actually, like, because I've been so, like, frustrated with, like, how hard it's been to work on the the first place, like, having this piece that's, like, so, that's actually, like, that I feel, that that is coming out of me so easily because I'm so excited about it, has made me, like, not feel terrible about myself as a writer. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, anyway, what about you, Nadia? Um, yeah, we're talking about creative blocks, but I think I'm kind of feeling like talking about something tangential, which is like coming back to previous pieces and previous perspectives. This is related to a piece I made. 
I presented it about a year ago, but it had kind of been an accumulation of shorter things I had been working on for the past few years before that. Um, some of it was just poetry I was writing for personal reasons without, again, like feeling more freedom to explore in genres that I didn't feel professional in. I was just kind of writing various poetry pieces about like diasporic experiences um, and also had like worked on several shorter dance solos that came together in this dance and spoken word piece. Um, it was called Spora. I showed it a few times last year. It was one of those pieces that like, I'm glad I did it, but I also, I, I felt like I was forcing myself to do it. Um, I always feel a little bit weird doing personal work. This was also a piece where I ended up cutting out a few major sections last minute, partially for timing reasons, but also because I was doing one of my first like major text and storytelling based works, I was struggling with some issues of like information consent and do I get to share other people's stories that they've maybe told me once or twice before, but they didn't necessarily give me permission to um, talk about in my dance piece. It, it was like, it was things about like family member relationships that weren't necessarily like negative, but I just, I, I didn't feel that I had the authority to be using them for my own purposes. And I ended up cutting some things out. This, this, this was a piece I made. Um, it was a piece that got pretty good reception at the time. Um, and like on a lot of levels, like I was, I, I felt good about it. I felt good that I performed it, even though I like may have wanted to bark before and after it. It also like, it was also pretty sexual. So that was like another thing that was, Oh, I'm really curious, um, and this might be like, I'm so sorry, this is a dumb question, because yeah. I obviously I'm not like as well versed in like the world of dance and like dance literacy as theater. When you say like capturing things that people had told you, do you mean like embodying them through dance or like literally? I mean, like it, it was a lot of it was spoken word, so oh, in, okay. in the most literal sense, got it, got yeah, it, got it. there's a lot right, of text okay. in this. Yeah. Okay, got it. I didn't realize there was sex involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a bunch I thought you of text. Work. Yeah, no, I... I'll just I, send you the piece. No, it's because I don't... It's because I normally work with text that much. Like, these were kind of new things that I was dealing with and um, wasn't entirely sure how to navigate everything. That happened. I've been given opportunities to present it again coming up, which are exciting, and I'm glad that people like and want to show my work and I'm also feeling like I'm in such a different place than when I originally made this piece and it just feels weird to revisit it and I just haven't felt like doing that I think a lot of it was because it was largely writing about a diasporic experience in terms of feeling like isolated and disconnected which was very real to how I felt at the time and just isn't how I feel about diaspora at the moment it was also just like I mean, there's also like just the normal imposter syndrome of I make something and now I think it's crap. But I think there's more to it than that. I think I'm, I'm actually in a different place. It was also All like right. there was a point where I realized I was writing a lot of sad poetry about being bad at Arabic and someone's going to be like, why doesn't this bitch just take all the time she spends writing sad poetry and just get better at Arabic? And then I was like, yeah, I should do that. <laughs> well, actually, now that you talk about that, how is your Arabic going? Your Arabic. Going? Um, it, I mean, it's good. I'll, I'll talk. I'll, yeah, well, I'm gonna. Or do I get like, to that later? Come back to it later. Cool. Um, but cool. yeah, I, I am. I have been spending more time on that. Basically, like, 
I don't know. I feel like I've taken a lot of the things I was sad about in that piece and just like actually taken action on them to improve my life. And now it just feels kind of pathetic. No, that's awesome. Um, that's a that's a yeah, one of the yeah, many good purposes like not, of the piece. <laughs> yeah, like I feel like it did its job and I'm not there anymore and it's gonna it's gonna feel like revisiting a previous version of myself, which feels slightly embarrassing to me now. Which might be valid. I don't know. Like Yeah, it might be cool to like readapt it as like, hey, looking back on past me. I don't know. And I am cool. interested in I was thinking about like editing it or um Either that or doing kind of a updated, like kind of a sequel, not a literal sequel because there's not a plot, but um, another piece involving spoken word and movement reflecting on similar themes, which I, right. I, I am going to be playing with. Cool. But also kind of like what's what would it be like to just verbatim do that old piece as like a quote unquote historical work? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and just be like, like where I am now, but I'm, I'm performing the work of a different person who is my past self. It's an experience everyone can relate to. Looking back at your past self, you know, it's good to re- it's good to reflect on those things and realize what has changed and recognize it. Yeah. So yeah. I I don't know. I'm I, I'm going to have to make myself rehearse it without gagging, so that's going to be like an artistic challenge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh we, we shall we shall see. Yeah. Um I don't know if, if either of y'all have um felt this way about like revisiting or representing pieces you've made in the past um i i just hate like whenever i read old plays that i'd written or whenever like even now when i look at things that were done like a few years ago i'm just like in pain but also um but also like i appreciate it because it makes me aware that like my craft is improving because I'm right, like, I feel like if you're not really embarrassed by your past self then you're not growing as a person yeah that's Same so as real yeah i just want to present my work more <laughs> and i don't want to make a new piece every time i present things so yeah I do you mean, oh yeah do you want to talk about your artistic practices i mean for me right now it's just like reevaluating what's important to me so in the past like when I was in uh, college and before that, there there were these staple violin pieces. I had to know in order to call myself a violinist, and I perfected them, and I felt good about them, and I felt okay. I reached this, I reached my peak, and blah blah blah. And then now I just I don't give a shit about any of that. I don't need all those same Western classical pieces to be valid. And so I'm kind of reevaluating what I want to focus on. Um, I'm being less focused on the specific technique I grew up with and kind of just messing around with other things and it feels it feels both nice and also like okay what the fuck am I doing am I even you know taking this seriously anymore so um that's where I am personally yeah it's kind of like a in-between stage that I am I don't know about you Adam what are what are you feeling I don't know. I feel like I... Something that Nadia... I don't know if you had actually posted it in our group or if you just posted it on your Facebook, but something that you wrote somewhere that I never actually told you that, like, how much it, like, spoke to me, but that it did, is um, this idea of, like, trying to engage with work that's meaningful uh, versus, like... And thinking of that as a part of artistic practice and making versus, like, Feeling oh, like this wasn't a black post. Making something all the time. Oh, maybe I don't know. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, because I remember being like, "Huh, 
that is so interesting. Like there are so many artists that I've admired that I like claim to know all about, but I actually know very little about and I want to engage with more of their work. And like their work is like totally going to influence my own and like something that I've been thinking about like in 2020, that's been one of my goals of like engaging with like a specific number of artists. I felt like spoke to me on a very deep level in the past. And so like seeing more of their like filmography, is that the word filmography, is that how you say yeah. that? Mm -hmm. or, uh, or like they're reading their plays. Cause I like, I'm such a like, how do I put it? I feel so much guilt if I'm not working all the time and it's this stupid capitalist thing that like yeah. exists in me where I'm like I need to like be making or if not making like I don't I'm not always making art like I wish I was but I have to like constantly be like I'm answering emails or I'm like even like cooking like if I feel like I just sit down and like relax I feel like an almost guilt about that and so I've been like really trying to train myself into funny to just like calm the fuck down and you know like watch a movie every once in a while without like being on my phone the whole time so yeah that's yeah. where i'm at that's radical is it i don't that's know i think it's pretty normal as... if you're not no, that's, up. that's edgy as fuck to watch a movie without being on your phone i know i don't know how to do that though i'm, I'm not good <laughs> at it it's a process you'll get there one day that was part one of a two-part episode. You'll hear the rest next Friday. Um, thank you all so much for listening. You can find us at The Queer Arabs on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can reach out to us at thequeerarabs at gmail.com. You can reach Nadia on Instagram, Nadia in her own world. Check out Nadia's website, nadiak.tk. You can follow Adam on Instagram at Adam El um, or go to his website, adamelsayich.com. Thanks, all.